Good morning, friends. Welcome. We welcome you whether you are in the room or online today. And today is uh, an awesome day of celebration uh, as we celebrate uh, two of the main sacraments here at Crossroads Church. First that we do each week is communion. Then, of course, it is Baptism Sunday. We welcome all the families and friends that are here to celebrate baptism with us today. And uh, if you're uh, at home, we know that uh, you're not right here with us, but you're celebrating with us as well as we pray and as we bless uh, our friends and family who are being baptized today. If you haven't had a chance already at home to uh, get your bread or crackers and juice ready uh, for communion, we just want to invite you to do that now so you're ready for when we receive communion together uh, after baptism in the service. You'll have that ready. And if you are at home, you can look on either Facebook or ccmonline.org to see all the things that are coming up this week and in coming weeks. So to our online friends, we say welcome. Welcome to Crossroads, everyone. We're so grateful to be worshiping with you. It's so great to be a part of a family that can celebrate Decisions for Christ, that can celebrate all parts of life together. Um, and so today I want to welcome you and let you know that if you're new to Crossroads or if you're looking for new ways to connect, we have this great tool um, on this QR code that's going to be on the screen soon. Um, that will take you to a BuzzFeed-style quiz that kind of helps you discern and reflect on what ways are you looking to connect and what might be a great next step for you. So we're encouraging people to take it, share it with a friend, um, because we know that sometimes things here, there's like a lot of opportunities and it's hard to know what's next. So we would love for you to take that quiz. Um, you can pull out your phone right now and do it. No one will be offended by that. Um, and if you're in person with us today, um, if you're new, we'd love to have you go back to the Next Steps kiosk back there. We have a free gift for you and someone to greet you and answer any questions that you have. Next Steps is also a great place if you want to sign up for something or ask questions. They are equipped to do that. And after the service today, we have an opportunity to celebrate all of the great things happening with the lives um, being transformed that we celebrated in baptism. Um, it's a great way to connect, to find new relationships, to ask questions. Um, we're going to be up in the cafe after church, so if you follow these steps, we're going to have light refreshments. It's a great chance to get to know a few people um, and start pursuing a journey at Crossroads. We also want to let you know that on April 28th, we have a middle school hangout night in the student stadium. Pastor Jacques Short is going to be talking about mental health, um, but it's also just a great chance to play games, get to know each other, um, hang out. Pastor Stacy's had a great girls group, and this is an opportunity for the boys and the girls um, to hang out together. And then I um, wanted to let you know we will be doing a finding out about Crossroads. So it's been a couple years since we've had this. So um, Pastor Claire and Pastor Scott, AJ and I are going to be um, teaching a class on May 9th, um, which is a Thursday at 7 p.m. And if you are looking, um, if you're new to Crossroads and want to know kind of what we're about um, or if you have been here a long time and you still want to know what we're about, this is a great opportunity. You can bring kids, questions, anything. Um, we would love to help you find a great next step for you here. May 11th. May 11th, we changed the date. We did. It's the Thursday, is May 11th. <laughs> um, and then on Saturday, May 13th, Stacy um, is doing a self-care Saturday for women. If you were at the last self-care Saturday, you know how luxurious it was. Stacy holds back nothing and making people feel loved and welcome and relaxed. So if you're looking for a time um, to get away, it's the day before Mother's Day. So this is a great gift to give your wife or um, a woman in your life to be able to go to this and relax. 
And then the following day on Mother's Day, we're going to be doing child dedications. So if you have a child to be dedicated, um, we would love to get you registered and get you some information on that so we can celebrate your new child with you. So that's what's happening at <laughs> Great. <Bye>. Thanks, Hannah. <laughs> How awesome. A couple things. That Monday, we'll be having a lack of care Monday for the men. Just be like a gripe session. <laughs> I'm, I, I really am only kidding, but you're more than welcome to, you can come here and gripe. I won't be here though. <laughs> That's my Sabbath. I don't gripe on my Sabbath. I wait till Tuesday. Anyway, what else? Oh, and then for those of you my age and up, for the BuzzFeed quiz, I noticed you were a little kerfuffled. You didn't know what the heck that was. Just always act like you know, trust me. Just act like you know when it comes to technology. Oh yeah, I know, BuzzFeed quiz. And then look for the young people and get as much assistance as possible. Ask somebody that's younger than you, don't ask me. So, you can't gripe to me and you can't ask me about the buzz. I know I could actually help you with the quiz, I think. I think I'm that advanced at this point. Hey, I'm so grateful for everybody that's here. What a great day. And we're so grateful for everybody online. What an amazing moment in life, right? Uh, for someone to make the commitment of baptism, for families to celebrate, and for a congregation. So this, this is what we pray for. These are the things we pray for, right? As a church, as a people, we pray that we would all be growing that we'd all be making commitments to God that are so meaningful in our lives. And uh, these really are defining moments. And, um, you know, as Claire said, Claire and I, we were baptized when we were 18 years old, um, maybe 19, I guess, by the time we got baptized. And um, <laughs> we, we remember it quite clearly. And the significance of these moments in life are so important to celebrate. So we celebrate with everyone that made the, that commitment today, and we celebrate uh, with the families. We're so grateful you guys are here to, and, and those friends that are supporting. What a great day for that. Amen. Let's hear it for all of that, just the things that God is doing in our hearts. God is so faithful, right? Um, last week we started a series, a kind of after Easter series on build your community, which is kind of a, uh, can be taken a couple of ways. It's, it really is for you to build your community, um, your life to be built, and also um, that God, it's kind of a prayer as well, that God would build uh, your community, build our community, right? So that's our heart. And we're doing a kind of a survey look at the book of Nehemiah. If you missed last week, I'd encourage you to go back uh, and check that out. You can check it out online. And um, because all of this will kind of build as we go, um, we won't go through like every chapter in the book of Nehemiah, but we'll certainly scan through a lot of it. Um, there's just so much. It's so rich in the book of Nehemiah. Uh, if you do have a Bible, you can open it up. If you uh, check out your scriptures on the phone, feel free to do that. Um, and here we go. We're going to jump right in. We're going to pick up where we left off last week, the last verse we looked at. 
um, is chapter 1, the last verse. It says, Lord, this is Nehemiah praying. This is kind of the end of the prayer we talked about last week. Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this, your servant, and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man, meaning the king. I was cupbearer to the king, and we talked about uh, just how powerful that statement is that Nehemiah makes, how beautiful it is. Cupbearer to the king, for him, that's a very... Um, at that time in history, very important role. He's, he's in on a lot of the conversations or he's hearing a lot of the conversations that are going on. Cup beer, bear would uh, sample the food and wine for the king um, and do a lot of other things. Very trusted, uh, influential person. Uh, was probably with the king uh, as much as anyone except for maybe the king's family members. So that's, that's how Nehemiah starts out, and we found out last week that he's got this. He gets news that the walls of Jerusalem are broken down 800 miles away from where he's serving the king, uh, where he's in this influential position, and um, his heart breaks over it. It's his people. The Jews are not doing well. They're not thriving, and... Um, the, the walls of Jerusalem, which represented protection, which represented uh, prosperity, represented uh, things like education and commerce. And think about, think about um, if, if the walls of the city, those ancient cities, if you've ever been to like Europe, you know there's a lot of walls that protected cities. That was kind of their main military first line of defense. And um, imagine, like, if people could just come in and come out of that city, and if you were living there, your children were exposed to all sorts of things. Anyway, that's breaking Nehemiah's heart. So chapter 2 says this. It says, in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought to him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before, so the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you're not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. Now, um, some commentators, some experts in uh, history and people that have looked at the scripture would say, or that time in history, some would say that cupbearers actually controlled the finances also, they were very influential in the finance of a community, which would tell us why the Persian Empire is probably no more around, because this guy was in charge of the wine and the money. So that's not a good, not usually a good mix, right? But anyway, the king notices he's sad, and um, part of the reason was um, the cupbearers would want to come off as positive and optimistic around the king. So listen to what he says. He says, I was very much afraid. Everyone say, I was very much afraid, which is quite different than just being afraid, I think. And this is Nehemiah's words. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, what is it you want? Wow. That's pretty amazing. Then I prayed, Nehemiah says, to the God of heaven, and I answered the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to this city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. 
Then the king with the queen sitting beside him asked me, how long will your journey take? And when will you get back? And it pleased the king to send me. So I set a time. He tells him how long he's going to need. And it's not a week's vacation. It's a long time that he says he needs. He's very clear about it. This is amazing when you think about what's happening here. So I set a time, verse 7, he says, I also said to him, if it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of the trans-Euphrates so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. In other words, when I travel through these other areas, I, I ask that I have letters that can say, you sent me. So they know they're not just dealing with me, they're dealing with you, king. And may I have a letter to Asaph, keeper of the royal park, so he will give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel by the temple and for the city wall and for the residence I will occupy. And because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my requests. So I went to the governors of the trans-Euphrates and gave gave them the king's letters, and the king had also sent army officers and a cavalry with me. So... Some versions say, I went to Jerusalem. And we'll stop there. Now, I want you to, we talked about this last week, I want you to kind of look at, as we go through this, I want you to pay attention on two levels. One is, last week we talked about, uh, we all have these things that break our heart or problems, things going on in our life that we would love to see different, things that are going on in our world that we would love to see different. So I want you to think about, on two different levels, how God might want to visit you in the way that God visited Nehemiah. How might God want to visit you in your personal struggles, the things that you would love to see different, the things that break your heart, and then the things that break your heart around the issues in the world, and how God might want to join you and partner with you in making a difference. Now think about it in these terms. You and I are a part of like this amazing orchestra. And sometimes what happens is we can easily begin to believe or feel like we're the only ones that um, are trying to resolve issues or problems. Trust me, it's not that way, and we could get into this, and maybe we will at a different, a different week, but you are, you are uh, an, a part of a grand orchestra that God is bringing together for this point in history, and God is using our lives, wants to Uh, mobilize, mobilize, probably a better word, mobilize our lives in order to do profound things on the earth in God's name. So Nehemiah gets that heart. He's got the broken heart. He begins to pray. And we see Nehemiah's preparation process. There is a process that he's going through here. The first thing is, clearly, we see Nehemiah's praise. Nehemiah prayed, right? Prayer is vital for vision and desire to develop and manifest. So it's one thing to have vision. It's one thing to have your heart broken. It's one thing to want things to be different. It's a lot different to begin to pray around the things that God puts in your heart. Because there's different things. We look for what we pray for. You do realize that when you pray for things, you begin to pay attention to what you're praying about. Have you ever noticed that? You're praying for your friend that's not well. You're praying for a family member that's got a struggle. And then you begin to pay attention to, might something be changing in their life? Because we give attention to what we pray around. We look for 
We look for what we expect and hope for. In my hand, I hold a wheat penny. Uh, some of you may not know what a wheat penny is because you're way too young, but it doesn't mean you can't know what a wheat penny is, but we didn't know what a BuzzFeed thing was either. Anyway, wheat pennies are essentially old pennies. They just have, there's a, instead of the Lincoln Memorial on the back of the penny, it's got what? It's got wheat right? Therefore, it's called a wheat penny. You know how much a wheat penny's worth at a, at a dealer? Those of you that are smart, Alex, said a penny. Anyway, I'm going deeper than that. Four cents. If you have $25,000 worth of wheat pennies, or if you took them to a dealer, they should be worth $100,000. You'll be looking for wheat pennies after that. Anyway, I've got a pile of wheat pennies at my house. I've been looking for years for wheat pennies. So I notice, like, when you give me change, if there's pennies, I'm flipping them over to make sure that I might have made three cents off of you. Anyway, we, we pay attention to what we pray for. Nehemiah is an is a amazing example of praying for opportunity. Verse 11, Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this, your servant, to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of the man, of this man and the man, Artaxerxes. So what is success? Success, one of the definitions that I would give is success is simply being faithful to God's presence. He's paying attention to God's presence. When you pray for opportunity, then you give attention to the opportunities. Sometimes we have opportunities, but we're not paying attention, and they just go by. See, our default approach to prayer is we pray for a miracle. One of the powerful things in this whole story in Nehemiah is he never really prays for a miracle. He prays for opportunities. He prays for, there's nothing wrong for praying for a miracle. You and I, probably all of us have prayed for miracles. Some of us have actually seen those things manifest. There's nothing wrong with that. But Nehemiah's textbook about praying for opportunities. He doesn't ask God to, to rebuild the walls. He doesn't sit in the palace of the king and say, God, just rebuild those walls. I'm going to stay 800 miles away. What he does is he wants to partner with God. He asks God to help rebuild the walls and give him some kind of supernatural partnership with God. God, I am here and I am willing and I'm looking for opportunities. I'm going to pay attention as I pray for the opportunities because those walls need to be rebuilt and I am willing. So when it comes to praying, for instance, for your children to develop in their character, it's good to pray for your children to develop in, your character, but in their character, but also it's good to pray that there will be opportunities for you to help teach your kids how to have their character developed. You see the difference you might have friends that are away from God and you, your heart is broken over that. I remember when I used to be an electrician every day when I went to work, part of my drive every day was praying for the people I worked with. God, give me an opportunity to share your love with them. Just some opportunity, just a wink in the right direction, an openness that I can sense that I could share your love with them because it meant too much to me and means too much to me. 
My relationship with God and what God has done in my life and in the lives of others is too much of a treasure for me to not look for opportunities to share with other people. When it comes to things like so many, anything, your your finances might be an area of struggle. Pray for opportunities to wealth build or to get out of debt. Pray to look, to see. You can keep praying for miracles. I would encourage you to keep praying for miracles that a check for $1,000 shows up in the mail tomorrow. I hope that happens for you. I hope you get 2,000 on the day the men gripe together. I hope 2,000 comes that day. But even better, God, give me insight for opportunities to build wealth before you today. He also prays for favor. Isn't this cool? Give your servant success today by granting him favor. Everyone say favor. God, give me favor. He's praying for the king to have a heart for this project. And you know what? Most of us, if not all of us, probably don't realize what a big ask this is. This, this definitely requires favor. See, some years earlier in Ezra chapter 4 is this conversation around another group of Jews that were trying to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. This is part of that conversation. The king should know, starting with verse 12, that the Jews who came up from you have gone to Jerusalem and are rebuilding the the rebellious and wicked city. Speaking of Jerusalem... They're restoring the walls and repairing the foundations. Furthermore, the king should know that if this city is built, its walls are restored, no more taxes, tribute, duty. They go on. There's like a laundry list of reasons to not let this wall be rebuilt, to not let this city be restored. And then the king in this story sends back a reply, and this is the reply. The letter you sent to me has been read and translated. I've issued an order, and a search has been made, and it was found that this city has a long history of revolt against kings. It's been a place of rebellion and sedition. Jerusalem has had powerful kings ruling over the whole trans-Euphrates and taxes. And then he goes through this whole thing, and he says, I I am going to be careful not to to neglect this matter and let this threat grow to the detriment of the royal interests. And then he sends this letter back to the people that are in charge of putting an end to this. And it goes on and it says, And those people went immediately to the Jews in Jerusalem and compelled them by force to stop. Thus the work in the house of God, meaning the temple in Jerusalem, came to a standstill. You know who the king was? Artaxerxes, the same king. This is just years later, a handful of years later. And Nehemiah knows history well enough to know, I need, a, I need you to show me favor, God. Because this king has not looked favorably on this. Proverbs 21.1 says that the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. And like the rivers of water, God turns it wherever God wishes How many of you need God to turn the heart of a king or a queen or somebody in authority? And you're counting on that. Now, you 
as, as Claire and I, we, com- we have conversation around these kinds of scriptures all the time. Hey, listen, there's been a lot of wicked kings that didn't have their heart turned, right? You don't have to look far. But there is something remarkable when people open their heart up to the opportunity and favor of God for God's glory that creates opportunity like we don't normally see. And that's what Nehemiah is doing here. He's essentially giving himself over totally to the work of God. See, we need to focus our prayer on the needs, that, that, on what we know we need to happen in order to get our vision to launch. Pray for the people who have influence and power and resources. Look, pray for the power structures of the world to get cleaned up and, and more holy. But this is a part of the way we do that. As we pray, there are people, Artaxerxes had a lot of power. He wasn't known as like this righteous king. And Nehemiah is saying, God, I need you to do something to this guy's heart. I pray that God would give favor. Turn things around, God. What are the things that maybe you've given up on because you feel like it's impossible for somebody's heart to be turned around? Nehemiah stands as a bold testimony in our lives of someone that is just like you and I. You're not a cupbearer, perhaps. I'm sure you're probably not. I'm not one. But I know what I am. And I know that God has called me to certain things, and I know God has called you to certain things. And you launch from that place. We see that Nehemiah not only prays, he plans, right? He prays and he plans. And the king said to me, what is it that you want? The king asks him, what do you want? And Nehemiah is ready. Did you notice this? He's ready. He wasn't like, I mean, this is like a, this is like a comment that comes seemingly out of nowhere. What do you want? And some of us would be standing there. Maybe, I, I, I don't know, I want to believe I wouldn't just stand there, but maybe I would I, and say, well, I'm not really sure. I asked for stuff, but I'm not really sure what I want. He's got a whole plan. He begins to, like, give him this laundry list. Well, I need you to send me to the city. Let's see, I'm going to rebuild that city. Then I need a long time off. I mean, a lot of time off. And by the way, I need to be paid while I'm off. I'm going to need letters from you for safe passage to go to this place that, by the way, he never mentions it's Jerusalem to the king, which is very strategic on his part, right? I just go back to my homeland. Brilliant. Then he he says, I need a letter from Menards and Lowe's and Bosker Brick because I need a lot of supplies. And by the way, I'd like to build a new house. Can I get the royal credit card? And can you keep filling it up? No limit. And how about on top of that? The cherry on the top would be a military force for protection. How awesome. I love this. This guy's like a grandchild. <laughs> he just loves exactly. It's like, I'm going to keep asking until he says no. I'm going for it. I, it's funny. Uh, Claire and I, we love to bless our grandkids. If, if any of our grandkids are in here, would you please usher them out of here? Anyway, 
they are so great, and you know, you know how it is. If you're a grandparent, you really know how it is. It's a lot different than you were with your kids, you know. Yeah, the things that, gosh, the things you do as a grandparent. Anyway, it's so awesome. Their parents have to deal with the problems. Anyway, um, like our grandkids will get texts. We have seven grandkids. A couple of them aren't texting yet, fortunately. But <laughs> anyway, they will, I'm sure. And they just, uh, they just, they're like asking for stuff. We'll get a text, random text. And they know who to ask. Like they know Claire's actually better at being a soft touch for the money thing. Um, so anyway, like she'll get these texts, hey, can I get this game? Can I do this? You know, they're like, come in. and It's kind of delightful, right? Like we, at first we resist, like, oh, what is who are these kids asking us like that? And we just kind of give it to them like King uh, Artaxerxes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call Claire that from now on. Anyway, <laughs> but like they, I notice, I do notice this, they keep asking until, it just keeps getting bigger. And then they hit, like, the other day, one of our grandkids, like, just this random thing, he asked for this thing. It was like 2500 bucks. I started cracking up, and then there was, like, this pause, because I'd never respond quickly, even when they're asking for something, $3. But anyway, there's this long pause, and then he, he texts. This gives you a little bit of a clue. One of the he's, which is most of them. Anyway text that, um, I know this is a lot, so if you can't do it, no problem. So then it kind of cycles back. It's like they go to the, it's like, wow, they did that. Now listen, we didn't do anything $2,000, but they did a, he did a big jump. It's like, they did that. So now I'm going to go for 2,500 bucks. So when he said, you know, that's an awful lot. And I just text him back. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yes, it is. Just be happy you got the last thing you asked for. Start it over, buddy. Go back to the dollar. <laughs> but this is awesome. If you were standing before God right now, knowing the, thing that, the things that are breaking your heart, and God said, what do you want? Do you have a plan? Do you even know what you would start to ask for? This guy is ready for action, and he rolls it out. What limits have you and I put on our receiving what God's plan is for our life? Because we've had these moments, possibly, and we didn't know what to say. I mean, the detail. Think about this conversation. What do you want? And it's like, blah, 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 blah. He just pulled out the blueprints. And he's really just getting started. But he knew that much. Which just leads us to what I want to pull this together with today. And it's simply this. It's Nehemiah was set to proceed. Are you set to proceed? Some of us are afraid. And so was Nehemiah. I love the language. He doesn't say I was afraid. He doesn't say I was much afraid. He said I was very much afraid. You know why? Because he might, he might have been terminated as cupbearer because of this. 
And when you were terminated as cupbearer back then, it didn't mean you lost your job only. It means you were terminated. I was very much afraid, but I was going for it. And I love this statement, and this is where we're closing today. So I went to Jerusalem. Are you ready to proceed to your Jerusalem? Are you ready to proceed when things line up? If this week God starts to roll out something around your brokenheartedness, whether it's kind of a macro thing or it's something personal, are you ready to roll out your plan before God? And are you ready to head to Jerusalem, whatever your Jerusalem is represented by? So God, even now I pray for all of us that we would be ready to proceed that we would not just say we want things to be different, but we would be holding before you desires that we have, plans that we have made with you, and we are ready to partner with the Holy Spirit to see our world and this world change. And we ask that in Jesus' name, God. Give us the courage in spite of our fear. Amen. So I want to invite you um, to just hold in front of you whatever it is um, that came to mind for you. Um, As Scott talked about brokenheartedness, maybe um, it's just this thought that's coming to you um, of something that you want God to act on. For some of us, we might already be in the planning and proceeding phases. We might know exactly what we've been asking for. We have a detailed list. If you have those things, hold those things in your hands before God. And if all you have is a broken heart, I just invite you to picture your broken heart or whatever it is that is breaking your heart and that you're holding that in front of God right now. I just want to invite you to have a conversation with Jesus about what it is. Um, Sometimes I think we don't get to the place where we have plans because we're scared to have the conversation about what our heart is broken for, right? Um, Everything has to start from that place of intimacy with Jesus where we're able to talk about our broken heart or we're not asking for the right things, right? Um, In order to ask for the things and find out what the right things are with God, I'm sure that in those times of prayer, Nehemiah was on his knees talking to God about what exactly he needed to make this happen. And God moved him into that action, which is why he succeeded, right? The, The action started with God, right? The prayer that was put on Nehemiah's heart was from God. And so God, as we hold these things in front of you, we pray um, that you would help us develop plans with you, plans um, to prosper us and not to harm us, plans that would prosper communities of people, not for our success or for only our growth. Um, But God, we are in a community that needs so much. God, we pray for our brothers and sisters who don't have enough, who are in this room, who aren't in this room. And God, we pray your protection. We pray that the people we love would be able to know what safety feels like, that they would be able to know what abundance feels like. And God, we pray that you would use us in any way possible to make that happen. 
so I just want to invite you as we think about, um, for some of you, you probably had like a really clear thing that this is what God has called you to do. And you are thinking about the actions that you need to take. And for some of us, we don't. I don't know if you've had that, like, on one Sunday you leave and you're like, yes, this is it. And other times you're like, I don't know how I find the thing that's making Joe so excited, (laughs) right? And so I was really moved yesterday at our spiritual direction school. We were talking about, and during the transforming retreat, if you were there, um, somebody was telling a story about a friend who um, was discerning whether to go to Kenya for missions. And she just said, like, you know, wouldn't anyone want to go to do overseas missions if they had the opportunity and the resources? No, not everyone wants to move to Kenya and do missions, right? And we're so skeptical of the desires and the gifts that God gives us, right? Um, But those are the ways that God is speaking to us. Um, In fact, it's really unique, the things that God has given us to do. And so one way that we want to help come alongside of you um, is through that quiz that I actually mentioned earlier. So I'm just going to invite you to take out your phone. And I know some of you have already done this. If you've already done it, then I invite you to help someone sitting next to you to do it. It only takes a couple minutes. I'm going to invite you to take it out. And if you um, follow the QR code, which if you have like an Apple phone, you're fancy and you can just open up your camera and it takes you there. I don't have an Apple phone, so I have an app that helps me get there. Um, Follow that link. And what this quiz does is it helps you to reflect on what are the desires that you have that brought you into this room or online today. Um, And we've thought a lot about there's really three reasons people go to church. They want to grow personally. They want to learn more about God, about themselves. Um, They want to be a better person, right? However you would put that. Um, Or they talk about wanting greater purpose, right? Like wanting a place to serve. You know that God has blessed you and you want to be able to be a blessing and have a community to serve with. Um, Or you want to connect. Like you want more friends. (laughs) You want to be able to meet people in a different life stage with different wisdom than you. Um, And as you follow this quiz, it asks some questions that will help you think about that, um, but also that gives you kind of an answer um, and a next step. And sometimes it's really hard to figure out what our next step is. Um, I think Nehemiah probably was a head type. Like, I think he spent a lot of time thinking, and he was able to get to these very concrete plans. But a, a lot of times the next step is whatever is just put right in front of our face. And if you don't know what your next step is, we can put something in front of your face. Um, because we want to build the Crossroads community. We want to have a vibrant community where people feel like they belong and have access to connect, to have purpose, to grow. Um, and we also want to serve this community well. You know that our church partners with the police department. We partner with sexual assault services. We partner with so many different needs in our area. And we just want to make sure that people have access to grow, connect, and have purpose because our community needs it. We're more isolated as a society than ever. And these connection points sometimes are really simple. So I hope that you've been able to take the quiz um, and that by finding kind of what you're looking for, if the next step doesn't fit, that's fine. Talk to somebody. Talk to a pastor or somebody about what may be be the next right fit for you. And if you want to have that conversation today, we would just invite you upstairs to the cafe. We're going to have a little meet and greet time. Um, Kelly Finn, can you wave your hand? 
Kelly has been awesome in helping orchestrate our intentional church efforts. And right up those stairs back behind Kelly, um, there's going to be refreshments for you. And we're just hoping um, our pastors and people are going to be up there. And we'd love to talk to you, whether it's about, you know, baseball or (laughs) if it's about your results of the quiz or the plan or the broken heart um, that you are discovering today. So thank you for being a part of the conversation in our Crossroads family today. And we look forward to talking more.